Happy New Year, everyone. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. We are coming to you on the second day of the new year, 2020, and the second day of the new decade. Actually, we're going to talk about that in a little bit because I've got a little bit of a problem with this whole decade thing. But first, we have some old business from 2019 that we need to settle. Every year here on Detroit Today, we celebrate the infamous anti-holiday Festivus with our annual airing of Grievances. Festivus was made famous, of course, by the iconic 1990 sitcom Seinfeld when bumbling patriarch Frank Costanza decided, after getting into a holiday shopping brawl, that there had to be a better way. A new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> At the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now... You're going to hear about it. Now you are going to hear about it. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Festivus, like Christmas, was last month. Well, that's our very first grievance of this year's airing of grievances, that the impeachment hearings in Washington, D.C. bumped our beloved Festivus celebration into 2020. So today we want to kick off the year by sharing some of our own beefs from the previous year and the previous decade. But we especially want to hear from you. What really grinds your gears about 2019, about all of the 20-teens, about our society in general, about politics? Maybe it's something about your own family members. Whatever it is, anything goes today. Call us at 313-577-1019 and tell us what your grievances are on this belated Festivus. In the meantime, we want to play for you a really special conversation we had earlier last year with one of the people at the very center of the Festivus universe. Jason Alexander played George Costanza on Seinfeld, and he bore the brunt of his father's made-up holiday. Alexander told Detroit Today producer Jake Neer about his own grievances, the behind-the-scenes history of Festivus, and what the holiday meant to him 22 years later. First of all, Festivus, uh, obviously your character was sort of at the butt end of this joke on well, Seinfeld. As I was at most of yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so uh, you know, reflect a little bit on, on that whole idea and that concept and why it's resonated. We still, it's, there's, every year still now there is a day that is Festivus on the calendar. Yeah, well, first of all, Festivus was a real thing. The, the, I can't remember, I think his name was Dan O'Keefe, was the writer who brought that idea in. Uh, as a potential episode, and it was it was a real thing in his family. His his, I, I guess his family had eschewed all of the religious based holidays, <laughs> and wanted to have something uh, traditional in their family. So they created Festivus, and they did have the pole, the Festivus pole, and they did have the feats of strength, and they they wow. did have the airing of grievances, and so we basically stole Dan's uh, holiday. And there's even a Ben and Jerry's flavor called Festivus for the rest of us. I, I mean, it, it, it just became a phenomenon, I think, 
as the sort of, you know, in, in keeping with Seinfeld themes of, of do the opposite, it, it's sort of the opposite holiday. <laughs> uh, it's the holiday for people who hate holidays, and, and um, it's, it's taken on this tremendous life. So, of course, as part of our Festivus show, we have to give you the opportunity. Uh, do you have any grievances to air, except to be asked oh, about Seinfeld this month in 2019? How do you, how do you walk through the world without grievances? Uh, from the petty... Uh, to the profane, uh, you know. I, I, on the petty side, I, I, there's a phenomenon. I don't know how much driving happens in Detroit. In Los Angeles, we oh. live in our cars. Yes. There's the phenomena of people swerving left to make a right turn. <laughs> what I don't know what that is. <laughs> it happens here they, too. They yes. Of, they anticipate <laughs> that the turn radius of their car would be similar to that of an ocean liner, <laughs> and that they'll never make this turn if they don't take up two lanes to the left of them. So that's, that's another one. Uh, if I stay with driving, it's the lack of blinker mm. or the blinker, you know, I have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be making a right turn in 18 blocks, so I'm going to put my, my blinker on now. There's, there's a lot, I have a lot of driving complaints, Jake. <laughs> um, as, as do most of us in Detroit, too. I think right, you're, I think exactly. You're the, uh, what else could I get into? I... Um, I, why is health food not healthy? That's the other thing. And, and they keep changing the rules on health. I have now, I have lived 60 years. In my 60 years, coffee was going to kill me. Coffee is going to cure cancer. Coffee is going to embalm me. Coffee is going <laughs> to, they can't seem to make up their mind on coffee. Could they just, could everyone get together and just give it a thumb up or a thumb down? And, and, and one glass of alcohol every night, too. That's another one that keeps changing. Yeah, right. Us. Exactly. <laughs> so. Red wine is good. Red wine is bad. Right. Olive oil, good. Olive oil, no good for the liver. Olive, nobody seems to, I wish they would all get together or just shut the hell up. One, one, either way. Well, that's just fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing those. And uh, we'll do the feats of strength on camera sometime uh, in the Absolutely. future. <laughs> well, uh, Jason Alexander, thank you so much for joining joining us on Detroit Today. A pleasure, sir. That was Jake Neer, our senior producer here on Detroit Today, talking with Jason Alexander, who, of course, played, uh, who played, uh, what was his name? George Costanza <laughs> on Seinfeld for many years in the 1990s, talking about Festivus, the anti-holiday that was created by Frank Costanza. All right, we want to get started with our own airing of grievances here on Detroit Today, our belated airing of grievances. And I've got three great aggrieved people joining me to talk about the things that are grinding their gears this year. With us again is Candace Fortman. She is the Chief of Engagement and Operations at Outlier Media. She also used to work here with us at WDET. Candace Great to see you here in the studio again. Yeah, I finally got rid of one grievance. I don't have to work with you every day. <laughs> oh, no, that was a grievance. I thought that was a joy. See, I was under the wrong impression. That's right. <laughs> also with us is Bill Nowling, the managing director of Lambert & Co. Bill, hey. welcome to the studio. I've, I've, I've got problems with all of you. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be a long show if uh, it's we start be a long with show. you. <laughs> I've, I've, I brought my list. And we've got uh, Ryan Patrick Cooper, who is the host of Culture Shift, which airs right here on WDET weekdays at noon. Ryan, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Stephen. My yeah. first grievance is the fact that... Uh, and actually, uh, Ryan, I don't think your mic is working, so we're going to get you on another mic. That should be a grievance right now, right? <laughs> uh, first day of the year, 
equipment in the studio is not working the way it should. All right, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. Call and tell us the things that are bugging you about our world, about politics or society in general, or even about your own life. Anything goes on Festivus. Whatever it is that's bugging you, now is when we want to hear about it. Uh, Candace, I am going to start this year with you. Oh, good. I've been waiting so long to complain. <laughs> well, you already aired one grievance, <laughs> which was that uh, you didn't like working here with me. So, no, no, no. I don't that's know a if fake. You get more. That's a fake grievance. <laughs> um, no, my first grievance, and I, it's a very Detroit based grievance. Um, there is a woman who is from the city who sings beautiful songs and um, was a star and is a star and decided to retire. Her name is Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. And Anita Baker toured all over this great country, D.C., Atlanta, Baltimore, I think a few times. She did a one-day residency in Vegas, just one day, L.A., all the places in between. But Detroit? No, no, no. She never showed up to sing her songs in her hometown on her farewell tour. Anita Baker, oh, you're kidding. come to the stage. I didn't know that. Yes. Detroit was not. Detroit uh, has not, on the fair, was it? Yes, and they've added tour dates, and we never made <laughs> any of the added tour dates. And listen, as a child who grew up in a home where V98.7 played constantly, <laughs> you know every I word, need to hear Sweet every Love Anita Baker song. live in 2020. <laughs> so, um, Anita Baker, and I know she doesn't live here anymore, she lives mm. on the West Coast now. Wherever she is drinking her morning coffee, I do follow her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Please, for the love of all that is holy, bring your Come sweet home. alto to Detroit. I think that's called home. stalking. So, <laughs> so I <laughs> actually, I actually can relate to that that uh, that grievance because I have my own grievance about Anita Baker, who I think is a fabulous artist. As you said, it's always been very cool that she's from Detroit. But when she was the developer of that IHOP on Jefferson, which people got upset about because sure. it replaced Little Harry's, which was yeah. a much much tonier restaurant, I guess, than IHOP. But people always have referred to that as Anita Baker's restaurant. And I keep saying, it's an IHOP. It's just an IHOP. <laughs> well, Stephen, I don't I, think it's Anita Baker's. It's just IHOP. I always thought the thing with the IHOP and Anita Baker was that she was a regular there and well, that she would eat she there all the time. There. She did go there. Yeah. yeah. When she went, when she lived here in Detroit. I'm not sure she still She does not live lives here in Detroit. But talk about an absolute power move. A power move, That right? is a power move. She's like, I'm going to develop an IHOP so and I'm going to eat there every I'm day. I'm going to eat there so you can see me. Yeah. A syrupy rapture from Anita Baker. Baker. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Candace, that's a that's a good one. I, I set the bar high mm-hmm. uh, for everybody else. Okay, Bill Nowling, you are up next. So I I, I have several, and I'm going to try to limit. Uh, I'm going to limit one. <laughs> we only have an hour, Bill. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So I'll tear a page off and we'll go from there. You know, the the thing. And this is my Detroit beef, and it's it's more a beef about people from outside of the region. You know, I don't live in the city. I work in the city, but I don't live in the city. And I don't tell people that I'm from Detroit. I tell them I'm from near Detroit or I tell them from Brighton whenever I, when I do that. I think that's important. But that's not my grief. My grief is billionaires. And it's specifically this when it comes to billionaires. We have billionaires here in Detroit? I wasn't aware no, of No, no. <laughs> These are the billionaires not from Detroit who come into Detroit and spend money and then expect 
everybody to throw them a parade. Uh, I mean, I can think of someone I think you might be thinking of in particular. Well, you know, I mean, God God love Jamie Diamond. That was was the name on my mind. uh, God love them, you know, and I'm not going to discourage anyone from spending money in here, but do you need to have a 60-minute special because you're spending money in Detroit? I mean, doesn't that, I mean, it, it, this is what it looks like to, it looks like it's okay, white people, to come back. That's what it looks like. <laughs> and, you know, and wow. I, I mean, as a white person, I find that offensive. <laughs> you find that offensive. <laughs> I find that offensive. <laughs> as a white person. Well, well, the one quibble I might have with that is, is Jamie Dimon a billionaire? I mean, what? he runs J.P. Morgan Chase, and that I would make him is. a very wealthy person, but oh. he doesn't own the bank. Yeah, I think he's in that that halcyon space yeah. of theirs. Yeah. So. yeah. Wow. And also, one I thing to think about, you know, you talk about- <laughs> People <laughs> wanting parades for doing that, but we also have to take a look at it. This is a town that will happily give you a we have parade. A, we have a parade company, and exactly, <laughs> and we'll celebrate you. I think for a long time, people always like did the the vibe in Detroit was we'll take what we Matter can fact, get. I think Tony Michaels is calling right now, saying he'd be able to put that together for us. So. <laughs> Jamie Diamond parade, <laughs> all super bright colors, everything super bright, yes. clown aesthetic throughout. I, I I don't know if I could if I could if I could stomach a Jamie Jamie Diamond uh, paper mache head coming down Woodward. Oh, I just, yeah. I, is he going to be one of the? I, 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 I'm I wearing that big head in the Thanksgiving big head, parade right. for sure. You have to pay. How much would you have to pay for that one? You have but, to pay to wear a big but, head. But but I think I mean it it, it just reeks of. You know, uh, colonialism to to a certain extent. Do, do they do this in Chicago? Do they do it in New York? Oh, I'm so glad that you're saying These this are, and not me. I was going to say, Candace said it when the phones are light up with people complaining. <laughs> the black people, <laughs> the black people can't about? be happy with anything. Playing the role of the angry white man is Bill Nowling. <laughs> Actually, you're playing the role of the angry black man. That's not your that's not your place, Bill. That's well, that's grievance. my next grievance. My next grievance is white people who think they're woke. <laughs> my next grievance, but we'll wait on that one. <laughs> All right. Bill Nowling, setting the bar even higher. Yeah. <laughs> Great grievance. All right. Ryan Patrick Hooper, host of Culture Shift. Yeah. What is your list this year? You guys are going really big picture, and I, I appreciate that, from <laughs> Anita Baker's pancakes to throwing parades for Jamie Diamond. For me, I want to take it to something we can all relate to, and that's going to the bathroom in public. All right. And and the grievance that I have is that if I'm in a stall doing what I need to do, I do not need to respond to your knocking. Here's the way it should work. If the door is locked, you jiggle the handle and that should signal to you that the door is locked and you don't. You move on and you wait for someone to leave. What happened to me recently at a local establishment here, so this is sort of a Detroit grievance, is that someone jiggled the handle and knocked. I didn't respond. I don't work for them. It's not my job. They're not my employer to let them know I'm in here. They knocked again. I was startled. I said, occupied. And he said, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you the first time. 
<laughs> like I had annoyed him. It was passive aggressive. It was very <laughs> passive aggressive. And to me, if you're in the bathroom and the door is locked, you jiggle the handle, you know it's locked, you back away. You wait, and I know people will say, what if no one's in there and it's locked and we need to get in there? That percentage of that happening is so low. How could that happen? How it's could the so door, low. How could the it's this recent. This recently happened, yeah. yeah. Ghost. You'd, have to lock it and, you'd have to lock it and crawl underneath Well, ghost the, uh, also. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, these are the <laughs> ones where, where it's, a, it's a bathroom with a full door. This it's is a full door. Yeah, this is oh, actually I one see. of the nicer public bathrooms in Detroit. Oh, please Sometimes they call it. them family rooms because yeah. they have a, do- a full door and a changing table in it. So I was basically there, you know, just hanging out, <laughs> doing what I needed really to do. interesting. And then a, I become an employee of a stranger, I, I, and I'm required to respond to them and let them know the progress I, of my BM. I want to support that person. <laughs> I get bathroom door nervousness because sometimes I feel like I can't trust that lock. I'm like, because you don't want to pull want on it, it too locked. hard. Yeah. Because if there is someone in there, you don't want to startle them by opening the door. So I have fallen victim to being on the other side of that door. And I would like a response. So I think, and I never <laughs> disagree with grievances. I love all grievances. I disagree with your grievance. I, so I'm people, a grievance with your grievance. The main issue that has come up is that people do not have a lot of faith in the locks of no. public restrooms and at all. Not. And they're worried sure. that they're going to open that door and have to lock eyes with a stranger and see them doing it. Which brings me to another side subplot grievance of the bathroom grievances. <laughs> which is people that Lock. It's a grievance frame. This here. is a, yeah. <laughs> this is a layered grievance. People that lock eyes with you through the little oh. slit in the door while you're going to the bathroom in a public restroom. Mm-hmm. Has that what, ever happened to you? What places are you going? No, these things has never happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy when when they're clean and the door actually locks. Does yeah. lock, right? Yeah. Or open. Or, yeah. or open. Yeah. You know. I, I hope for greater things, Bill. I aim higher than that. I, I look for cleanliness. We, but we I should also, all be aspirational. I get it. <laughs> Yes. All of these stories are from the Lafayette Coney Island bathroom, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, the worst, the, worst bathroom the worst bathroom in the developed world, by the way. Oh, my goodness. That's one of my favorite restaurants, but good grief. Yeah, it's like, do that those basement not, stairs yeah. ever end? <laughs> is, is there darkness at the end of this Hello, tunnel? Hello, devil. Nice to see you. Don't you know, I mean... If you if you don't clean the bathroom, then people won't use it. They won't use it, right? Everyone Except for me at 3 a.m. Right. I will. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so that's, that's actually a strategy. Yeah, so. The problem is it's a Coney Island and it's open till 4. Yeah. So well. the chances of you avoiding the bathroom are pretty low. Uh, my, here, 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 here's my match. If you're at a Coney Island at 4 o'clock in the morning, you take what you can get. Fair enough. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Ryan's motto, I think, should be, if the door is a lockin', don't come, come a knockin'. <laughs> exactly, Stephen. You get me. That was I the totally sign off. Understand. That was that was late Senator Burton Leland's sign off from the Senate floor one time. Good so. No, oh no. Okay, uh, that, uh, we just keep getting better and better with uh, with these list of of grievances. And again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones to join us. We've already got some folks lined up to air their grievances. We've got some Twitter comments and Facebook. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to share my grievance of. 2019 and 2020 and then we are going to get to you the listeners again 313-577-1019 go to facebook or twitter to join us we'll be right back with more detroit today
This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year, and on the second day of the new year, we are looking back to something we missed at the end of 2019, our annual airing of the grievances as part of our observance of Festivus, the anti-holiday created by the sitcom Seinfeld in the 1990s. Uh, We have heard from Candace Fortman, Chief of Engagement and Operations at Outlier Media, Bill Nowling, Managing Director of Lambert & Co., and Ryan Patrick Hooper, who is the host of Culture Shift, right here on WDET, about the things that are bugging them as we begin 2020. We want to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also join us on Facebook or on Twitter, and we will air your grievances for you uh, here on the show. Uh, Before we get to listeners, though, I need to share my grievance. And my grievance is very specific to this year. All of December and part of November last year, we were reading and thinking and hearing about the idea that we are entering a new decade here in 2020. Well, actually, technically, that is untrue. And it's untrue for a very specific reason. Our calendar is based on the Roman numerals. It's based on a Roman calendar. And there was no year zero. The very first year AD is one, which means that 10 AD was the 10th year of that first decade. I said this to the staff here at Detroit Today last month, and you would have thought that I suggested they jump out a window or something. I mean, the reaction was absolutely, they were absolutely appalled at the idea that I think this is not the turn of the decade. But I am technically right, and the new decade won't begin until 2020. Oh, you decade deniers. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Is there a group of us? Yes, there are. Yes. We're rising up against you. It's true, though. They you have, have little lapel pins on there that say X on it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's the pin for our little club. All right. So that's my grievance for the year. Let's get to some of the So what the happens listeners. to all those ought years then? What I do you mean? mean? They're, well, part, they're 10. They're part of the previous decade well but they seem like they're in some kind of limbo so it's like a leap year leap year this is like a a, a deca leap year (laughs) well i mean we we can we can culturally accept the idea that it's turning the decade i just like precision and accuracy and truth and i think those things are just as important what that seems ridiculous ridiculous. how dare you how dare you (laughs) steven henderson an absolute blast at parties Well, actually, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get to some of the listener comments here. Uh, Tobias on Twitter says, Thumbs down on the reckless and irresponsible auto no-fault reform that favors the insurance industry and puts the elderly and children at a higher risk of being underinsured. And he has several hashtags next to his comment. uh, uh, Terrible mistake, hashtag... Um, MI leg, hashtag uh, Lee Chatfield, or at Lee Chatfield, who's the Speaker of the House, and at Senator Mike Shirky, who is the Senate Majority Leader. I think there's a lot of people who might uh, sign on to that grievance, the idea that uh, the insurance reform came up just a little short uh, of what our expectations were. All right, let's go to the phones here. Uh, let's go to Christopher in Detroit. Christopher, what's on your hey. mind? Hey. 
Hey, how you doing? Go so ahead. I have the same grievance you do because anytime we start with numbers, we always start with one. We never start with zero. We start with one. Even when we talk about babies, we start with one. So then it means the decade will start with one, not zero. Christopher, you mm. are absolutely right. And I want to congratulate you for embracing truth <laughs> and accuracy <laughs> over <Nerds>. expediency. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to your nerdum. <laughs> All right, Chris on Twitter says, why are all T-shirts made longer than crotch level now? Oh, that's a good one. Why are T-shirts made longer than crotch level? T-shirts are getting, because they have to go, they have to travel more distance (laughs) to cover the same amount of area. That's why. Is this about our weight, Bill? Yeah, about mine. (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of entering more back into like a tall T era. Like people, people want the T shirt a little bit longer. You, you have to do the Me Buddha either. test. You have to do the Buddha test with your T shirt. You have mm-hmm. to put it in and tuck it in, and then raise your arms up. And if it mm-hmm. stays in, it's a good T shirt. Oh. And if it doesn't, it's you know, and they shrink. They do they shrink. They do shrink. Yeah. That's my grievance about T shirts. Is no matter what size you buy. It ends up being small, or too small for me, at least. Where are you all uh, buying your T-shirts? It's, it's really incredible. <laughs> I've, I've had zero T-shirt issues. Same. No shrinkage of T-shirts? In no, all you got to do decade. a cold wash, low heat. Well, scene. if I had a choice between That's having a problem right. with the lock on the restroom and having a problem with the T-shirt, I'm going to take the T-shirt one. I'm just going to go I would take the same. T-shirt issue. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to Mike in Chesterfield. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey there, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Yes, um, so um, my grievance would probably be um, just the way the process happened last year with all of the uh, with all of the debates and everything. It, it we we had like a total of thirty thirty people in the Democratic Party, and how many people did you actually get uh, like a reasonable amount of coverage of? Yeah, so Very so easy. Mike, I don't disagree with you, but I'm I wonder what you think the solution to that would be. I mean, you've got a lot of people who say they want to be president. They are raising money. They're out campaigning. The polls all sort of say that each of these people has some chance, at least, to get the nomination. Would you Would you just have eliminated half of them from uh, from the jump, or what would your process look like? If I, if I were to do things similar, like not like completely revamp things, I would have uh, at least done the debate process of like sort of a musical chairs sort of thing where, you know, like the first two debates, there were 20 people. And then it's like, okay, how about for the next debate, we do 16. And then the next one after that, we're going to do 12. And then the next one after that, we're going to do 10. And then the next one after that, 8. Next one after that, 6. And instead, instead, we went from 20 to 10. And then back up to 12. And then back to 10. And then to 7. And, it, and the way that they had the rules, you had people who met criteria who then were not able to do the debate uh, because of other criteria. And then you have um, the the front runners always being promoted. I, there's a CNN graphic from earlier this year, or sorry, earlier last year, I should say, um, <laughs> where they had the top two uh, people uh, for chances to be president were Kamala Harris and Beto O'Rourke. And yeah. you gotta think neither much, one of them zooms even is still in the race, right? How much time was wasted? How, how much time and resources was wasted propping them up as the main competitors to Donald Trump, and they couldn't even make it to oh, Iowa? Yeah. And now, and now we've got this situation where you you have the forefront runners 
who've gotten the most time and all this stuff. But at this point in the game, there should have been decision made mm. by now, and, and you still have all this division going yeah. on. So yeah, Mike, I, I really appreciate the call, and I appreciate that's like a legitimate grievance. Yeah, that's a good grievance. I've got yeah. nothing for I'm that. I'm really disappointed. You know, American Idol, we managed to make that work. Right. You know, it's a process <laughs> that has judges and the public participates in it, and they eliminate people throughout the season. Brutally. Yeah. Brutally <laughs> even eliminate With that. With great talent. Yeah, over With like a, a two-night period, and, they're able know, to do it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and everybody who makes it through that process <laughs> is a legitimate singer, is right. a yeah. legitimate That's star. Right. That's They've right. got the creds and the chops yeah. to do it. Yeah. How is this so far beyond CNN and the networks and everybody well, Simon else. Simon Cowell who- is not the producer of the debate. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. And That's no right. one, no politicians are as talented as Clay Aiken. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, we vote no on everything. Watching, right? <laughs> you know? There are no Clays up there. I mean, make, you know, I can't, I can't say his name, but I want to, I want I want to see that mayor from South Bend. You know, I want him on there. I want to be able to vote for him and say I want to hear what he has to say. Well, but I mean, it's uh, that's a popularity thing, right? Well, it's all a popularity thing. And these aren't debates. <laughs> I mean, you know, here, here this is this is why this is not a debate. Start the clock running with the first person who speaks during this debate, and then the next time they speak, stop the clock. Yep. If it's less than twenty minutes, I'll buy you a steak dinner. <laughs> How is that a debate? I guess these aren't. It's impossible to have debates with the number of candidates. I think so maybe we don't have them. Candidate forums, maybe right? this is not hey, a useful listen, platform. You don't have to sell me on the <laughs> idea of yeah. not doing this, or, or certainly not doing it as long as we do yeah. it. The first debate was in August, I think it was. Uh, that's too early. I, I don't want to make the season shorter. Uh, more than you, a year. You have to make this election season much shorter. <laughs> you want ten episodes? You, you got to shorten it down. We're seeing, you know. Uh, TV shows go from 22 episodes down to 10 episodes. <laughs> that's right. I think our political system should <laughs> yes, follow right. suit. Yeah. Also, when you set it up where they have to raise a certain amount of money to make it into the next debate, you had politicians having to go on their channel, their Instagram channels or wherever, yeah. and basically beg dollar for dollar, yeah. like please, like like they like became bucket drummers. They were terrible. They were, terrible they were like the bucket drummer. drummers on the street. They were yeah. like, I know you got a dollar, seventy five cents. I know you got a quarter. And it's 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 tough to watch. Well, and, you and, do that you know. a little too well. <laughs> to be that's mimicking. how he does. That's what he does on Saturday Is that night you're out there in front of LCA. I see him every Saturday. Detroit gig economy. You always have to have five jobs at all times. God bless hey, America. Who are you telling? Anybody can be president. Just look at the Democratic primary process. All right, Mike. Thanks very much for the call and that wonderful grievance. Uh, let's go to David in Southfield. David, what's on your mind? Uh, thank you very much. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, very good. Uh, my grievance is that persons often tend to think that something can't be true if it's contradictory. The reason I'm saying that is in response to the previous caller, um, he indicated that the study seemed to show that something may be good, another shows it's bad. But in fact, the way reality is, things are often both. For example, the sun in the sky causes cancer. But we all know that sunlight is good for you. So if you say that if something is, one, one says it's good and one says the fact the point is that a lot of things are both good and bad, and nothing on the planet is totally safe. Hmm. Everything has side effects. Everything has a risk. Every drug has a risk. But at the same time, it may also be very beneficial to some because we're not all exactly the same. 
everyone's different. Yeah. And some people will and some people won't. And reality is like that. In fact, if you want to determine if something is false, you have a board meeting and make a decision about what is real or what isn't, and that's a sign of forgery. Yeah. In other words, if you want to forgery something, you, you, you basically make everything look the same. Right. But in reality, nature and everything is such that contradictory contradictions abound, and the way you can determine a diamond is real if it has irregularity. If yeah. it's totally and completely pure, it's probably a fake. It's probably not true. David, I think you win the prize for most thoughtful grievance maybe ever <laughs> during let's set aside some <laughs> some some higher level mass string theory that's going on here but i mean I, you know i mean here's one thing where it cannot it's true that it's either one or the other kardashians oh. you either love them or you hate them but you cannot love and hate them well you could love one kardashian no you cannot hate no, the no, other. no 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 you cannot group. No, no, you cannot. You yep. gotta take it. You gotta or leave take it? them or leave yeah. them. That's you a know. package deal. Ask Kanye. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. I think one of the things that I like about what Dave was saying is he's arguing for nuance. I mean, he's arguing for this idea context. that extremes yeah. and extremes are the enemy of of thought. And I don't think he's wrong about that. I, and I also don't think he's he's off base. You know, sort of offering that that thought right now. I mean, you think about the ways in which. Extremes and and extreme positions sort of crowd out debate and and thought. Right? Absolutely. Now. I don't know. Yeah, it must be stressful to be him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it sounded like it. he's walking around being very logical about things, and while, meanwhile, and everyone else I don't have long to talk. So let me because because there's a lot of people that don't like what I have to say. <laughs> Stephen, I think you're right. Like there there is some depth to that. The idea of, yeah. of being too extreme in your thought, but also while that was delivered with a lot of authority and excitement, it was also a very neutral comment. Things are good. Things are bad. Things don't are bad. forget. That. That's right. That's right. All right. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our airing of grievances as our part of part of our observance of Festivus. We want to continue to hear from you as well. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us what is really bugging you right now as we begin 2020. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It is January 2nd, 2020, but we are looking back at 2019 and the decade we just left behind, sort of, uh, thinking about Festivus and the airing of grievances that we do here each year on Detroit Today in December. We could not do that in December 2019 because impeachment hearings in Washington, D.C. bumped the show, so we're doing it today. And we really want to hear from you, the listeners. What are the things that bug you? What are the things that, as we begin the new year, are on your mind that need changing? As always, the number here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. 
and we'll try to work you into the conversation. I want to start here with Todd on Twitter, who says, other than the current climate and politics, I find myself frustrated with a society that has become so self-absorbed. What happened to being polite to others? Opening doors, saying good morning, eye contact with a simple smile, too many eyes on electronics. I think there are a lot of people who know me who might air this grievance at me, (laughs) (laughs) who might say, hey, look up. Don't keep looking down uh, at your screen. And I think this is a pretty pretty common what, what was that Stephen? I, I didn't hear i was looking at my <laughs> you're phone you're on your phone on right phone. you're in the studio looking at your phone <laughs> i left my phone at home and i have been depressed ever since oh really <laughs> yeah. See, i you know uh i don't get depressed when i leave my phone at home but i panic i just absolutely yeah. panic yeah. if i can't find it or i feel like i'm missing something that yeah. uh, is important and of course there's nothing on the phone that's that well, actually, I had a coupon on there. I was going shopping after this, and I do have a coupon on that phone. It was very important, actually. Right, you got to have that coupon, yeah. right? It's not- I uh, got to pay full price. not paper. Uh, let's go to Aaron in Detroit. Aaron has kind of a similar grievance to Todd on Twitter. Aaron, go ahead. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm loving it. I, I could have shared grievances about a lot more serious stuff, but, but this is really, really- bothering me right now and before i say that the <laughs> bathroom stall slit eye contact I, i'm with that. that what is that about where is this happening <laughs> it happens this all the time it, it, it People happens looking to me a lot. in the stall the police or something Wait, yes. 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 Yeah. yeah i mean we're talking it's a little it's a little it's a quick second where eyes yeah. lock half a second and i'm just saying keep your eyes averted you know like don't don't try. Yeah. We, we need a term for that, that, like stall lock or something. I'm leaving out of the restroom at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. Why are you looking in the stalls? I'm running to my car looking behind me. <laughs> anyway, my grievance is this. I feel like I am being systematically and slowly demoralized in my character by the things that are being placed on social media. I find myself laughing and being amused at tragic uh, uh, scenes like people getting hit by cars or falling off ladders and and all of this stuff, and I'll initially laugh, and then I'll be like, "Wow, that's that's not funny. He's probably <laughs> hurt," and I can't stop laughing, and I, I feel like I'm being demoralized by social media, and and it's not some deep dark. A sinister thing inside of me. It's social media's fault. It's social and, media's fault. <laughs> oh, Aaron, Aaron, I, I have to deeply Aaron, disagree I, with you. America's funniest home videos has been setting us up for this yeah. for two decades. That's Get out of my brain. For yeah. a solid two decades, I've been laughing at dads getting hit in below areas for twenty right. years. Not, not, not to mention the show Jackass. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Where they purposely yeah. hurt themselves. Don't blame social media for this. We. Are are just sick people. <laughs> but Aaron's yeah. got a point. There's more and more and more of it. But it is his choice if he's going to be this, scrolling this, through this Instagram, is, locking eyes with follow people. Follow me, this Aaron. Is my social theory. I'm going to test it one of these days. But it, it's it's the NASCAR syndrome. Why do you go to a NASCAR race? You go I don't. I'm a black woman. I would never do that. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, step into my world for a moment. So step see, into my it's world. not to see the wrecks. It's to see the wrecks. <laughs> see it from the white man's perspective for a second, Candace. circle laps going in the same direction. So the only thing that's different is the wreck. You know, and it's, you know, it's that mayhem. It is not. So I have, to, I have to make a confession here. 
as an African-American, I am a huge racing fan in general, but I am a big NASCAR fan, and I know a lot about the sport. I've been to several NASCAR races. It is, first of all, a lot more than driving in the circle. There's a lot more going on. But it is not about the wrecks. It really is about this precision that's necessary to drive anything at 200 and some miles an hour. Jim Bob sitting in (laughs) turn four is thinking about, you know, the precision that goes into these cars is amazing. No, he's back there saying, run, Chevrolet, run. And when there's there's a crash, he's standing up. And that is a commentary on American society. You're saying I don't have, that's one, another thing I don't have in common with other NASCAR fans. That is the New Yorker article I've been waiting to read. (laughs) There it is. We've done it. (laughs) Aaron, again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, my my big grievance is common sense just ain't common no more. It's just ridiculous. And, And to add on to that, listening to professionals tell you something that you just know absolutely is wrong. And, for instance, let's take the 696 chemical thing. When when a when an EPA person or a DEQ person says this toxic green stuff that's oozing out onto the freeway freeway and is going to make its way to Lake Saint Clair isn't harmful is just outrageous. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> how can that be true? <laughs> and I know it's not true. Living down on the river and the combined sewage overflows over the years, we've been dealing mm-hmm. with it for decades, and it's just like, shut up. That's like the people in Flint saying, oh, don't worry about it. You know. So, <laughs> John, I really appreciate that that, that one. I mean, that that any, idea. Anything. That, first of all. The color of lime ice pop yeah. is not natural. It's, it's not. not natural in an ice pop, and it's not natural coming right. up between you the cracks. Be even of eating the ice pop I mean, that's that know, color. I think I think everybody can look at that and say, uh, "No." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I I don't want to laugh at the 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 ooze that's coming out it's of that serious, pipe on yeah. six ninety six. But but John's absolutely right that. Uh, that people are telling us this isn't a big deal. I don't think I believe that. Well, what you should all. be more concerned about is that they're not telling you about the turtles that are now growing down there right. and will soon become superheroes. <laughs> right. Because clearly, yeah. this is just us living the theme yeah. to well teenage played. Well played. Yeah. ninja right. turtles. The second, so. the second movie, <laughs> the, the secret of the movie. not the first one, the second. Yes, yeah. I loved that movie, by the way. And, and <laughs> I have to. I, have I did, and, and I was surprised. I mean, I took my kids to see, it and I was like, ah, this whole. You know, be something. Yeah, I just got to sit through, and you love it. And I was into it. It's, <laughs> it's really one of the greatest sequels written. of all time. It's really, good. it really, honestly is. I'm so glad this show <laughs> took this direction, so now we can finally dive in to the Dude. plot points of TMNT Two. Right. It was always coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, you on Twitter says I hate when people call it alternative facts or fake news. Both of those terms give it credence. That they are some sort of fact and some sort of Amen. news. Both of those are truly before Trump. We would call opinions, and opinions are not fact. Uh, I think that's a really good grievance to uh, have right now, it. and it, it kind of gets to my grievance about the decade. Oh goodness! Oh, here, we go. oh here we go. A fact that this is not the end of 
the twenty teens that uh, it won't happen till January first, twenty twenty one. Is there some other? Caller? Am I convincing? Is you there guys? another? Is there a caller? <laughs> <laughs> Am I convincing you guys with my fact based arguments? No. That, uh, no. no. <laughs> well, we just no. said, you know, the one caller said that you know it's possible to have two truths. And so this is two truths. This is two truths. Now we just need a lie. We can really get this party started. (laughs) Well, like I said, it's a cultural truth that we're celebrating the end of the decade because everybody's doing it. But technically, it doesn't happen for 12 more months. So. Wow. Well, we can wow. all be we, right. We can't wait to be here with you <laughs> to so celebrate the turn that. of the decade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, let's go to Ronald in Auburn Hills. Ronald, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. Go ahead. I'm I'm concerned that uh, I guess the terminology I'd like to use is all things Trump. And let me clarify what I mean by that. I work a great deal, and so I don't get um, a lot of time to watch a lot of television. Mm -hmm. But when I do, it's all Trump. And I'm worried that it's going to turn people off for the next election. You know, uh, Ronald, I think that's a really interesting point to to raise because uh, I actually had this conversation with my mother in December who called – and was all worked up about something she had seen on CNN or MSNBC that that had her convinced that there was a way to get rid of the president overnight and that people in Washington just weren't doing it. And what I found myself saying to her was, turn the TV off. Like uh, this 24-hour news cycle that requires feeding all the time is getting people to sort of think about things in ways that don't make a lot of sense. And I think uh, Ronald is uh, making a, a great point there that uh, that we're just we're just too obsessed with this stuff. Right I now. could not agree more. Our industry, and when I say our, I mean journalism, is doing a disservice in this cycle of continuous news. It is not healthy. It is not allowing us to get stories to the top that are important and that really do need the the public to understand, right? Um, and it's it's dangerous, quite honestly. And to hear that your mom called you frantic is an example of what most of our lives feel like with someone calling you about something they saw in this 24-hour news cycle that needs to be debunked yeah. um, and often is not debunked for them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a clear, I mean, to me, this is a clear example of how the medium drives and frames the discussion about what's going on. And there, there, there was a pretty good article I read that was talking about kind of the talking head commentary that mm-hmm. running commentary that we have all the time on mm-hmm. on cable show and that was really kind of generated out of the uh the CBS pregame football show that preceded mm-hmm. whatever was the local telecast game um on CBS and what they found was that the ratings were always the highest during that segment of the half hour before the game started than any other time mm-hmm. and so they've they've taken that model of where analysts are talking about things and just expanded that yeah. to 24 hours because that's what people want. People want to watch this. This is a NASCAR effect all over again. People want to watch a crash. <laughs> you can have and- to lay off NASCAR if you want to be invited back to this studio. <laughs> NASCAR is one of the great American I've sports. turned enough wrenches in my life to, to, to qualify to be able
able to be a critic. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. I think a lot of times, though, the, the media is a reflection of what people want, especially if you want to make the argument mm-hmm. that it's so ratings-based. Mm-hmm. Now they're responding to what people are watching. So same thing with social media that Aaron brought up. It's that you don't have to look at it. People talk about it like it's their right or some sort of privilege that they have. It's not. And if you follow that media theory that it's responding to the consciousness of America and it's giving you back what you secretly want to get the ratings that we all argue that they're chasing, yeah. then that's sort of the issue, I think. I, I think that. I agree that it is it is a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, exactly. right? That, that you've got this 24 hours to fill on the air and people watch. And in order to get them to keep watching, you got to give them something that will keep them there or keep them coming back. And so that, that it sort of degrades the whole process of judgment about what should be on television and, and what shouldn't. I, for me, the, the the clearest sign that this is completely out of control is how frequently you turn on one of these cable news stations, CNN or MSNBC or Fox, and the banner, the lower third on the screen is breaking news, right? Yeah. It is breaking news almost 10 Constantly. or 11 hours a day. How can how can that be true? It's not. How can that be what, true? What, what, what's, really, what's really offensive about it is that a lot of times that banner is breaking news of what the person who's on my screen just, just said. said. Right? <laughs> right. This person just In case just I wasn't paying attention thing. three That's seconds ago, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got about a minute left, but uh, I, I did want to go back to this alternative facts Thing that they brought up, that you brought up on Twitter, this idea that opinion is not fact and that we are entering a presidential year where fact is going to be way more important oh, yeah. than it I mean, I do that with my kids. It's, it, it, it's so amazing of what they believe is true just because right. they read it somewhere or see it and trying to get them to be skeptical and critical of things and ask questions right. and not just, you know. Yeah. Just jump to conclusions. Not just yeah. take it all. And right? also the census. Like, I think this also plays into how the census will work out, especially in communities where disinformation tends to thrive. Um, we have to be really careful about how we uh, <clears throat> are helping to push forward good information and get it into communities that do not have great access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and speaking of the census, we are going to kick off tomorrow a series we're calling Defining 2020, looking at some of the big issues that we're going to be hearing about between now and the election and the end of 2020 and the words and terms that might need some explaining about them. Tomorrow, we're going to kick it off with Nick Schreck, who's a law professor at Detroit Mercy, University of Detroit Mercy. He's going to talk about environmental issues that we ought to be paying attention to here in 2020. So you're going to want to come back for that. That's going to be a great series this year as we kind of refine all of the things that I think are going to dominate our conversation during the presidential election and the other things that are going to happen. All right. I want to thank Candace Fortman, Bill Nowling, and Ryan Patrick Hooper for their hilarious grievances that they brought in here for Festivus this year. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank Happy, you, Stephen. Happy New Year and get yeah, off Happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> That's right. All right. This is 101.9 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. We'll talk more then.